Welcome to the Young, Fun, and Sober podcast. I am your host, Blazik, aka Sober Guy Journal. And I'm Julia, also known as That One Sober Friend on TikTok. Knowing what I know now, I wouldn't change anything except to feel more emotionally slow down. Life's a merry go round, but things ain't merry when you're going through the motions, fulfillment, lies, and emotions. So why go through life unavailable? You're unfailable. This how that I've been on is uncomparable. That's my boy Tariq. The song is Tariq. Well, that's his name. The song is Infinite, but his name is Tariq. And you should check him out because he lets us use that song for free as the theme song. And, you know, someday if this podcast blows up, I don't have to worry about getting sued. And that is a pretty good feeling, I must say. What's up, everybody? I am riding solo this week. Julia will hopefully have some stories for us when she comes back because she went out to California and lived in a van down by the river for the week. And I'm only half lying about that story. She did go to California and she did live in a van. And I'm not sure if she lived by a river, but I mean, maybe she did. She might've lived by the ocean or something. What's up everybody? I turned this microphone on with not a single plan. Not a single plan. So I'm just going to freestyle this entire podcast. My goal is to make it 15 minutes, but I don't know. This kind of feels like one of those class projects where when you're like in speech class in college and they're like, okay, your first challenge is you have to go up in front of the class and talk for one minute. You can talk about anything. And in front of a microphone, I can talk for like 15, 20, 30 minutes maybe. But if you throw that at me, I got 20 seconds max, 30 seconds max. So that's actually something about me. I'm, I'm terrified of public speaking. Terrified of it. Get so nervous. Like so nervous to the point where my voice will be shaking. Actually, it hasn't done that in a while, but it used to be that bad. I'm definitely getting better at it. Because I'm practicing and I'm not having limiting beliefs. I shouldn't even said that. I shouldn't even spoken into exist into existence. Trying to focus on that shit more lately, just like putting vibes out of of what I want to be and and focusing on that. But um, that gave me an idea. That gave me an idea because as I was saying that, I was like, oh, they don't even know that about me. So maybe I'll just talk a little bit about me and who I am as a person, and then we'll we'll talk something sobriety, but. I don't know, maybe there's, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of the people listening don't really know anything about me other than the fact that I'm sober. So let's just do a little like get to know me. Let's see. We'll start, we'll, let's do this in the format of me going up to the front of the room, first day of speech class. All right, getting out of my chair. Walk, 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 walk. Hello everybody, my name is Blazik McBride. I am 30 years old. I'm from Nickerson, Kansas, town of about a thousand people. All right, I can't talk like that, but I'm gonna keep going. Yeah, I'm from like a town of a thousand people. There's a gas station and uh, there used to be a pizza place and there's a grocery store and a post office. One stoplight, actually, yeah, it's a stoplight. I couldn't remember if it was just a stop sign or a stoplight, but it is a stoplight, but it only flashes. So you don't really have to follow the rules. You can just go whenever you want. Um, so yeah, from a small town, 
growing up, I played soccer. I was pretty good at soccer, honestly. That was definitely my best sport. I played basketball. I was good enough to be on a Division One women's practice squad. <laughs> um, so that was the peak of my basketball career. I golfed a little bit in high school. I got terrible grades. Terrible grades. Uh, I shouldn't be like terrible, terrible, but for me, they were pretty bad. Like I was kind of a C student in all honesty. I just didn't have a lot of desire to do any better than that. I kind of always knew school was not my thing, but I did try. Like, <laughs> I shouldn't say I tried. I did try to make it my thing. <laughs> like, I went to college at K State and got a 1.2 GPA my first semester, freshman year. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. Um, we can loop in sobriety here because <laughs> I drank every single night of my first semester at college. I remember, oh my gosh, I got to college and I bought like f four or five black lights and I hung them up in my room. And then I went and bought black light glow in the dark shot glasses. And every single night I would just turn on the black lights, turn the music on. And I just wanted people to come to my room. Like I wanted my room to be the room that people came to. And they would drink and we would chill and I would just be the life of the party. Like I, I remember watching Jersey Shore in high school and I just thought that was so cool. And I wanted to be that. Mostly because I, in my mind, those people were confident and I was not a confident person. But in my mind, those people were confident. So. Yeah, the, I, I did the K-State thing for a while, and then I I just knew, like, school is not my thing, but, like, I got to get out, but I also don't want to let my family down, so I came up with this alternative route where I was like, okay, I'll go to school for music because I've always loved making music. So I started playing the drums when I was in second grade. Um, I always, like, wanted to play guitar as a kid, but I never, like... I took lessons in like first grade, but I just didn't stick with it. So I, I played the drums from like second grade to, I mean, I can still play them pretty good, but you know, second grade to like eighth grade pretty regularly. And then in college, I was in some cover bands at my school. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like convinced my family that I would go to school for music. So I went down to Daytona Beach, Florida, and oh my God, I would... I would go to school in the mornings and then I would go drink during lunch at this taco place across the street. It was called Tia Cori's Tacos. And I would go get drunk there and then I would go to my afternoon classes. And that's kind of how I justified like going to school. Plus I wasn't in Kansas anymore. I was in Florida on the beach. So like that felt amazing. And yeah, that was, that was all cool. So I lived in Florida for a while. Then I moved out to Colorado with my ex-girlfriend, current girl, or my girlfriend at the time. And that was just a slop fit. Like, that was not good. Um, I worked at New Belgium Brewery there for a bit, where they let you drink on the job for free. And they just don't care. So I did that. Um, I moved to Dallas after that, after we broke up and that's where I got a software sales job for the first time. And I would drink in the mornings on the way to work there. 
Oh my gosh. Um, this is getting interesting, right? Like I did not, I did not see it going this way. I'm just going to tell you fun facts about myself. And then now I'm like kind of reliving this, this story of all the times that I drank. Wow. Yeah. So in Dallas, I would drink in the mornings at, at my software sales job. I stressed myself, stressed myself out so much that I had to quit that. And then I worked at the electric cowboy. It's a bar in Dallas and it's not a gay bar. Not there's anything wrong with that. Like I have two gay parents. It's all cool. I'm cool. Um, but it does sound like a gay bar, right? The electric cowboy. So I worked there. It's just like a country Western bar and I would get drunk every night working there. And then I, I like came back to Kansas to see some friends and I was like, I'm going to move here. So I don't know why I just told you the story of everywhere that I've lived, but that's that. Um, other fun facts about me. Let's see. What was it? I, I know the guy that invented Thousand Island Dressing. That's pretty cool, I guess. I got a random pen pal in high school, and dude invented Thousand Island Dressing. He even sent me the the uh, patent for it. So that's something. Um, I actually met and went him <laughs> went and met him at a retirement home that he lived in, and he made me eat it. It was pretty gross because he just like put it on a a wooden you know like when you go to the doctor and they put that wooden thing in your mouth and press your tongue down that's like what he made me eat the thousand island dressing off of and he didn't give me a cracker or fuck i don't know what you would even give somebody but he gave me a stick of wood and he told me you know he just scooped it up handed it over and that was that, baby. Oh. Makes me kind of sick. Um, so I know the guy that invented Thousand Island Dressing. I didn't have my first kiss till I was 18 years old. How about that? That's pretty crazy, huh? <laughs> I was just so nervous around women. Like, just so nervous around them. I remember I would turn all red and... Oh, God, I just... I was so nervous around women. So yeah, I remember I had a girlfriend like my sophomore year of high school and we would be in the same class. <laughs> we would be in the same class and I wouldn't even talk to her. Wouldn't say a word to her all day. But once we got home on MSN, I was chatting her up for sure. But in real life, nope, nothing. So there's that. Um... What else is crazy about my life? I don't know. I think I've recently decided that if I ever get married, I want to have two separate beds because I just really love my time alone in my bed. I think it's peaceful. I think it's calm. It's relaxing. <laughs> this podcast is going to hell. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, let's talk something sobriety. Let me think real quick what we could talk sobriety. I think I think a good thing to talk about would be, you know, just like the last episode we talked about my most recent relapse. I think a good thing to talk about would be just like going all in on sobriety and how 
you really do have to be all in. You have to be 100% all in. And 99.9% is really just as good as like being 50% in. And what I mean by that is like, yeah, like theoretically, that's that's a lot better, right? Like 99.9% is way better than 50. But the thing is, is like sobriety is such a momentum game. Like, at least for me, I should speak for myself. For me, sobriety is such a momentum game that it's like, if I'm not, if I don't have a ton of momentum, it's really hard for me to not give in to the devil's, like the devil creeping. So if I have the door 99.9% closed, then for me, that means I know that like, maybe sometime in the future I will drink. Like, I don't think I will, I don't want to, but maybe I'm leaving that door open and that might not be a mind thing. That might be just like, oh, I'm not going to meetings. I'm not talking about sobriety. I'm not going on walks every night and listening to sobriety podcasts. By doing, by not doing that stuff, that's leaving that 0.1%. That, that's, that's leaving the door open. And when you leave the door open and you do end up making a mistake or collecting additional data points, if you're going to be soft about it, just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm saying that to me. I'm saying that to me. Um, if you do make a mistake, then it's really hard for me to get back on track because it's like, well, shit, I only have 30 days of sobriety. What's it matter if my day one's tomorrow or my day one's 30 days ago? Like, I know that's the wrong mindset, and I'm not telling anyone to have that mindset. I'm just telling you that for me, when I'm in that position, that's what I kind of think of is like, oh, that's where my mind goes. That's where the devil starts creeping and, and telling me, oh, you know, it starts justifying any way that it's can. Like, like our brains are designed to protect us, right? So if our brain legitimately thinks that alcohol is protecting us, which it might, because maybe for 10 years we trained it to do that, or we trained it that it was thinking it was doing that then maybe our brain is trying hard to get us to do it. And it's just, in, in, it, in the brain's world, it's doing everything it can to protect us. So that's how I kind of look at cravings is like, my brain is, the demons are creeping, the devil's creeping. It's trying to get in there. And that door has to be fucking closed. 100% closed, because if it's not 100% closed, the devil can creep in, and then that just causes a lot of chaos, right? Like. It can't even be an option for me. If I have any space where it's an option, with enough time, the way that my brain works, and I can only speak for myself, but the way that my brain works, there's days that I might have to fight the craving all day from 9 a.m. all the way till going to sleep. And that's a long time to fight, like to, to be like, I'm not gonna drink, I'm not gonna drink, I'm not gonna drink. So, any crack in the door at that point is too much it's too much like for me i have to be all in and i know it's kind of annoying because it's like oh sobriety has to be my whole personality and honestly it might for a few hours of the day now for you guys all the fucking time right because like we ride we ride together we ride now nah, we're just all trying to be sober right so anything that you hear from me is probably sobriety content so we 
I have to have it be my personality to a certain extent. But you know what that's better than? That's better than me half-assing sobriety when, for me, it's important to me. Like, for, for some people, sobriety might not be that important. Like, it might not be something that needs to be priority in their life. Maybe they don't have a problem. Maybe they just enjoy the sober lifestyle, but they know if they slip up, all is good. They're right back on track. It's not that way for me. When I slip up, when I slipped up in the fall, um, there was like, I, I like woke up. So I, I got to quit there because like, I don't know what I can. I don't know if anyone from work <laughs> listens to this or not. So like, I'm just, I'm not going to speak on that actually. But I, I got to fight the demons hard when I, when I have had slip ups because they just, they're ready to go in the morning. They're ready to roll in the morning, and that's just not something that I'm interested in. I don't want to live that lifestyle. I don't want to have that anxiety. I don't want to, more than anything, I just want to feel confident in myself, man. Like, I'm, I'm getting to that point again where I'm like, I'm just, I'm th- everything in my life, I, I look to certain things to know I can do it. I'm like, oh, I, I'm, I'm freaking nervous for this demo I'm about to give to eight people. And then I'm like, well, dude. You were scared to hop in that cold bath this morning, but you hopped right in. And I know that shit sounds silly, but it's like by doing hard things, you just teach yourself that you can do hard things. And that's important, I think. Like whether sobriety is your hard thing or whether cold showers is your hard thing or working out is your cold thing, whatever it is, like the more hard things you can do, you start gaining that confidence to be like, I can do hard things. And then you realize that you don't need to to drink to do hard things. You don't need to, you know, have any substance to convince yourself that you can do shit. You can just do it. And that's that's like the most empowering thing that I've found in sobriety is like I can fucking do hard things and I don't need a sub like if you can do hard things but you need a substance to do it, then you can't really do hard things. It's true. And I can say that because I did it for so long. But there's something about facing your fears head on, realizing you can do them, and then carrying that confidence into the next thing. It's what, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. No thoughts came to my brain there. So I'm going to end it. That's all the fun facts I got. That's uh, that's a little bit about everywhere that I've lived in the United States. <laughs> and that's a little bit about sobriety, baby!